Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Houston Astros have no issues with those Tampa Bay Rays. And what I anticipated being possibly a preview of an ALCS, or at least an ALDS, has proven to be not that much of a competition for the Houston Astros as they keep rolling right along. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I am your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one. Raymond Parts III. I'm joined today by the intern extraordinaire, Moses Campos, the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. We'll be joined by Steve Wiley later on this morning as well because it's Wednesday. You know what that means. What does that mean, class? What does that mean? That means it's foodie poll question of the week time. Inspired by two ladies in my life who had no idea that they were both on the same page. Miss Hannah Five Names brought up just randomly, can we talk about tacos this week? I said, I guess. We haven't talked about it as a foodie poll question of the day. Then I go do a little shopping yesterday afternoon take my mom shopping and I text my wife I said hey do you need anything I know I need to pick up some milk some you know few things she's like yeah I want to make taco soup can you pick this up producer wants to talk about tacos the wife wants to make taco soup so here we are foodie poll question of the week is going to be about tacos and yeah it's okay to talk about tacos when it's not Tuesday sorry LeBron James You didn't make up Taco Tuesday. If I want to talk about tacos on Wednesday, dang it, I'm going to. Done. We have a tremendous show, though, lined up for you. Ron Higgins, the mad dog from Tiger Details, the award-winning columnist, is going to join us to talk all things purple and gold. I'll be at 7.30 this morning at 8 o'clock. Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, is going to hop on. How does the team bounce back from the disappointing loss at Rice? And how dangerous of a team is ULM? We'll talk about that as well. That'll be at 8 o'clock. And then at 8.30, Andrew Juge, our friend from the Saints Happy Hour podcast. He was actually in the building. They did a special podcast live from New Orleans over the weekend, and then he was in the house for the game. He'll give us his thoughts on what occurred, should they continue playing Jameis if he's hurt, and all those black and gold questions you may have, not to worry, 
Andrew's going to answer them at 8.30. So we got three guests. They're good guests. We got them lined up for you. But, of course, we'd love to hear from you. Good phone calls always makes this show better. Game hotline is 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. But we're going to start off today's show talking about those Houston Astros. Tampa Bay is a very good team. Tampa Bay has typically been a thorn in the side of the Strohs. Whether it's regular season or postseason, Tampa always gives Houston fits. I don't know it's because they play in an abandoned Costco down there in Florida, which they've named Tropicana Field, or it's just the way they're built. Tampa is always a consistently good ball club. They may not have the biggest stars. They may not have the biggest names in baseball, but Tampa is always going to be a team that's going to be in the mix, and here they are. Right there in the mix for a wild card spot. And they're going to be a dangerous team come the postseason. That's why I thought this series was the one kind of tough series that the Strohs had on their schedule in the month of September into October. The Philly series may be interesting to wrap up the regular season. But really Tampa. And you felt like this was going to be a preview of the ALDS or the ALCS. Well, Houston sure doesn't seem to have any issue going on the road to beat Tampa. They already got the series locked up. They're going to be going for the sweep today. And I thought for sure, for sure, this would have been a more difficult series. That Tampa would have given them, I don't know, a little bit more fight. But the Astros, ever since the calendar turned to September, they're different. The bullpen issues that they had in August have kind of disappeared. Not to mention it looks like Hunter Brown's going to be part of that bullpen now. So that just gives them another arm for the postseason. Alex Bregman has turned a corner. Even Yuli Gurriel, who was awful, awful for the entire season, with the exception of one weekend, he has started to turn around. And after earning a convincing victory on Monday night to begin the series there at the Trop, they go out there and beat the Rays yet again 5 nothing last night. They just are so balanced. Christian Javier picks up his 10th win of the season. As the Strohs pile up runs early on in this one. Altuve two hits. Jeremy Pena, not to be mistaken with Jose Pena, two hits. Mancini got a hit. Dubon got a hit. Diaz got a hit. Kyle Tucker got himself a hit. Tucker gets the double there in the first. That scores Jose Altuve. It gives him a 1-0 lead right off the bat. 
Then Pena homers to left center. Three-run blast in the third. And then they hit a sack fly to right by Diaz in the fifth to add the bonus run, the insurance run, if you will, which they ended up not needing. Javier, five innings, strong, only one hit, struck out six, walked four, but that's what you're going to get with Christian. He's going to put guys on base. It can be frustrating. It can be maddening at times, but that's what he does. But they didn't hurt him. He got out of the jam. That's all that matters. And then the bullpen came in, which I like Dusty's approach. Because any opportunity, if you've noticed, especially since we've got to September, any opportunity he has to get all all of his relievers work, he's doing it. That way they're fresh. That way they have, they're in a zone by the time they get to the postseason. Not all these guys are going to make the postseason roster. Somebody's going to be left off for the ALDS. Others will be left off for the ALCS. But he's keeping his arms fresh, his starters fresh, and he's making sure that his bullpen is not overworked because after Javier comes out of the game, pitches 90 pitches, throws 90 pitches rather, gets pulled. It's Madden, it's Stanek, it's Smith, it's Abreu, and then Presley comes in for his 29th save of the season. The bullpen combines to only give up two hits. That's it. Striking out six. When you have your bullpen that can perform that way, when you have a bullpen that can go in there and eat up four innings for you, you can save your starters, which means they're going to be fresher, which means they're going to be better for the postseason. And the Astros were able to do that yet again against a quality team. This isn't the Pittsburgh Pirates. Sorry, Yankee fan. This is against the Tampa Bay Rays, who are in the mix for a wild card. Who are always a thorn in the side of those Houston Astros. Javier gets the win. Presley gets the save. And the Astros keep rolling they're now 98 and 51 the two teams will match up again this evening 541st pitch that'll be the rubber match the third game of the series if you will Astros will look for the the sweep on the road they're in Tampa they have already locked up the division title that happened the other night And after winning the AOS for the fifth time in six years, their magic number is now under seven. Yankees won last night, came back walk-off fashion after Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run of the season, tying Babe Ruth on the most home runs in a single season record. And then John Carlos Stan hits the walk-off Grand Slam. Once again, it's against the Pirates. No offense to Pittsburgh. So they're still vi- uh, vying, if you will, for home field advantage through the American League playoffs. We talked to Brett Chancy from the Locked On Astros podcast yesterday about this, and he says it really doesn't matter to the Strohs. Look, you always want home field, 
But the Astros won a World Series by winning all the road games, if you remember. So they're built to win on the road. They're a veteran team. They don't need to be at home. They'd like it, but they don't need it. And I've said it before, all the boos that come, you know, cascade down on them when they're in other ballparks, in particular Jose Altuve and Bregman, that doesn't bother them. Fans do it all the time. doesn't bother them. They accept it. They feed on it. And they go out there and they do their job. And that's what they keep on doing. Once again, tonight's game, 541st pitch. You can listen to it on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM, the talk of Acadiana. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we will unveil the official foodie poll question of the week. It's all about tacos. Tacos, 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 tacos. Tacos, 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 tacos. Who doesn't love tacos, man? I'm sure someone out there is going to say, oh, I don't care for tacos. Someone will go against the grain and say they don't care for tacos. Here's a bit of advice. Don't be that dude. Don't be that dude. You're listening to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist. Take that, dental hygiene. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win, and guess what? Get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough for you, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus is issued as a free bet. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in is required. Parlay and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. Every Wednesday, we are, I don't know, filled with shenanigans would be the best way of describing it here on RP3 and Company. This happened organically months and months ago. Well, we're nearing the one-year anniversary of producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names, by the way, being here at the station in a full-time capacity. She's dancing, as she should. We just randomly, we had done some food questions before, I think with like Lewis about hot dogs and things like that. And then it just happened one week that you and I did a food question. We're like, let's make it a foodie question. I don't even remember what it was for. 
but then it just caught fire. You out there listening loved it so much that it's our most popular poll question every week. I think we had done one about, I think it was, like, is it a hot dog or is it a sandwich? Or was it <clears throat> holiday dinners? Was that when it might have been that they brought the uh, the crawfish boiled turkey? I think it was around Thanksgiving, wasn't yeah, it? We yeah, we did it for Thanksgiving, and then we had done it again when we had the discussion about steaks. And a picture of my steak I made in my pan on my stove, and I didn't on the grill because I didn't have like a really good grill. Now I do. And then that's when Matt like was like, "Nah, well done with barbecue sauce." We're like, "Hold up, fam, no." So we did the steak one. That's when Hart said, "I'm just saying, you get us all hungry in the morning, but." You get the most traction. Like we love y'all you know, do the foodie poll questions because we're all like hyped about it. You should do it more often. We're like, oh, like the thing. There it is. So we did. This week it was inspired because someone's been chomping at the bit to talk about tacos. <laughs> Moses said that he would bring breakfast tacos. I said, I mean, I'm down <laughs> if we do a food poll question about tacos then. Well, see, we don't have room <laughs> for the breakfast tacos. This is traditional tacos. <laughs> So, and my wife made a delicious taco soup yesterday. That's what we had for dinner. So, this inspired us for our poll question of the day, which is our foodie poll question of the week every Wednesday. How do you like your tacos? Do you like the traditional hard ones? Do you like soft tacos? Do you like taco soup? Or do you like a taco salad? Now, when I was a kid, there were a few things that got us more excited in our household for dinner. One, if we had sloppy joes, it was always a big day. Had corn dogs, big day. But if we had tacos, old school hard shell tacos that mom had to bake in the oven, put on the pan, bake them up, make the hamburger meat, with the seasoning on top. And it was always such a big deal because we'd sometimes get the canned nacho cheese. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is fancy. <laughs> what? A little lettuce, some diced up tomatoes. Now we're talking salsa. What? It was always messy, but it was always a great treat. Now, as I've gotten older, I prefer a good soft taco. I'm a big tortilla, soft tortilla shell guy. Sometimes, though, I still go old school and be like, you know what? Give me a hard taco. Hook, hook me up with that. I do enjoy taco salad. My problem with the taco salad is that the shell that they put it in, they sometimes don't make it the right way, right? Nothing like a poorly cooked taco shell for your taco salad. The outside, the sides are crispy, but the bottom is a little undercooked. No good. And taco soup is delicious. My wife made some last night. Right now, though, 68% of you say you like your tacos soft. 27% say hard. 5% say for salads. No votes yet for soup. Let's get to some early comments. Brad on the Twitter machine. Doritos shell is the best, but mostly I eat soft shells because most of the time the hard shells fall apart after just one bite. But that's the fun of it, right? You take the bite, it's a big crunch, and then it just starts to fall out on you, and you have the taco in your hand. You have to eat it out of your hand like a maniac, right? 
Like you haven't ate anything in five days. That's fun. But I know what Brad's talking about. John Paul Cajun Daddy says, tacos anyway is good eats. If I could bit for all four, if I could vote for all four, I would. That being said, when is important? Driving, got to be a soft taco. He's making a point here. In restaurant, taco salad. At home, hard taco. It's okay to make a mess at your home. And dead of winter, good taco soup. And then he shared a gif of taco time. Ton says, I prefer soft tacos. My kids like Dorito Locos tacos. Those are good. My girlfriend, all about the soup. No votes on taco salad for my crew. Brad has chimed back in, says, my wife loves the taco salad. There you go. See, it's all over the place. One of my friends used to like taco salad. He probably still does. I need to text him and catch up sometime. We've inspired Tom to catch up with an old friend because of our foodie poll question. Not only is it about what you like to eat, we bring people together. Yep. Tom's going to reach out to an old friend today because of it. I'm just saying, though, if you are making tacos and you bite me over, if you make the salsa, you don't just buy the salsa, beware. Because I've been known, as my mom has told me, that when I was like three, I sat at the counter and I just ate with a spoon the entire thing of like fresh salsa. Because she had made, like another Marine's mom had made tacos for all of the servicemen and i like ate all the salsa before they could have any so beware of fresh salsa and myself so you are what we call a salsa fiend yes is what you are exactly learn something new about people every day <laughs> we learned a lot last weekend <laughs> yeah yeah yes i did yes i did and from that playlist alone <laughs> Woo! that was a playlist now I respect you for it. So I have a question, though, with with the tacos, because our listeners brought this up here. Do you have go-tos depending on what your setting is? Like John Paul says, hey, at home, they go with the hard taco because you can be messy. Not an issue because you're at home with the fam. If you're driving or in the car, you go with the soft taco because it contains itself better, right? You're not likely to make a miss. mess. If you're in a restaurant, you go with a taco salad. So, does it matter? I mean, for you, you love tacos. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preferred taco if you're going out to eat or if you're at home? If I'm at home or if I'm going to be driving, I usually will have a soft taco. Mm, interesting. Because I don't prefer, like, we usually get the, the like, taco kits. Because I'm not, you know, I, I can't make homemade tacos. That's not happening. I can't make taco shells. But <clears throat> if I'm at a restaurant, it's always a soft taco, but it's a shredded chicken. I always get the shredded chicken tacos whenever I go to any, like, Mexican restaurant or that type of restaurant. I usually get that. I rarely get taco salad. Usually if I get at home and I have salad, like lettuce, then I'll, maybe I'll make one. But I prefer taco soup, though, most of the time. That's Something that's it. been thrown into the mix for... My Tex-Mex, because let's be honest, all the restaurants we go to is Tex-Mex. It's not yeah. it's not real Mexican food. That being said, a couple years back, I was exposed to a barbecue brisket taco. Game changer. And it's pretty good, but I will always stick well, with the usual chicken. I had it. I was like, whoa, <clears throat> whoa. Hard taco, soft taco, taco salad, taco soup. Those are your choices 
for our foodie poll question of the week, which is our poll question of the day every single Wednesday. We get you hungry. We help you make your choices for lunch and dinner. And we also bring people together. That's what we do. Go vote. How do you like your tacos? Let us know. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter, and we will share them throughout today's show. When we come back here on RP3 and Company, LSU football schedule for next year was released. Some interesting changes for the Tigers and for their fans. We want to tell you all about it. That's next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. RP3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. Looks like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lafayette Marble and Granite offers the largest selection of granite, quartz, and marble in Acadiana. And they appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. As you have heard me tell you before, LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens, your bathrooms, and even your man caves. Lafayette Marble and Granite, Chris and his team over there, they also now have an extensive selection of custom shower builds with their new grout-free showers. That's right. No muss, no fuss, and no odor. Make sure to visit their website, lmgelite.com, to learn more about all the sensational services and the great products they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. You got to visit lmgelite.com or just stop by their showroom, soon to be renovated, located right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford and the Jockey Lot. Lafayette Marble and Granite, they're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Don't forget to vote on that foodie poll question of the week. It's all about tacos. Yeah, we're talking about tacos, and it's a Wednesday. Sorry, LeBron James. Man tried to, like, trademark Taco Tuesday. Get out of here with this. People were talking about Taco Tuesday before LeBron James was even around. I can't knock the hustle. We're trying to make money, but come on, man. What you doing? Uh, Salty Steve brings up the Choco Taco. See, now <laughs> you're bringing in the Choco Taco. Shout out to Salty Steve. It's a dessert, though. I never had it, actually. You've never had a Choco Mm-mm. Taco? Then you haven't, you know... We got to expand your eating ice cream from the gas station resume. I mean, I didn't even eat it when they had the ice cream trucks. I was usually, I was that person. I got the like the little faces with the little black eye bubble gums on them. Of course, because those were just their bottom diggity. You get ice cream and bubble gum. Yes, right. Yes, um, that, that was my go-to. I, I didn't go to like the Klondike bar, but now I like Klondike bar because they have the Reese's version of it, and that's that's some that's some good stuff. Klondike bar is magnificent it is you gotta eat it fast though because it melts yes melts very quickly keep those votes coming salty steve with the dessert option look at our man 
He's a man of leisure. Let's talk a little LSU football. Saturday, they're hosting New Mexico. The Lobos come to town. I just like saying that, Lobos. The Lobos come to town. Should probably not be a very competitive ball game, but it'll be a way for the Tigers to improve to 3-1 and one on the season, heading into their road trip to the Plains at Auburn to kick off October. But what about next year? What does the schedule look like next year? Now, we know Texas and Oklahoma are coming, but they are not going to be part of the conference for 2023. The earliest that they're going to be joining would be 2024. That would be a year early than anticipated. And that was proven to be factual when the SEC dropped their schedules last night for all their teams for 2023. Now, the Mignese Cowboys... We come to find out because of that. They're going to be playing in Florida. They're going to be playing the Florida Gators, Billy Napier and company. McNeese will be playing Florida for the first time ever on the gridiron. Now, they've played SEC opponents before. They've played LSU twice in their history. They also played Missouri when they were part of the Big 12, now part of the SEC. And they played Texas A&M when they were part of the Big 12, now part of the SEC. So a big deal for the Minis Cowboys. Gary Goff's team will be making the trip over to Gainesville, Florida next year. But we also got the full-on LSU schedule. And you look at it and you go, hey, that's different. Open up against Florida State, which we anticipated. That's going to be the, the second part of this one-and-one one, instead of playing it on campus, which I think is dumb. Florida State, can you imagine Florida State at LSU on campus and then LSU at Florida State in Tallahassee? That's, But instead, they're doing the game this year, which was inside the Caesar Superdome. Next year, they're playing down in Orlando. So they open up against Florida State. Then at home for LSU is against Grambling, which I like. I'm a big fan of playing an in-state school for one of your non-conference games. Then at Mississippi State, you know, that's been kind of the trend to open up SEC play against the Bulldogs. But then on September 23rd, a game that used to be played every single year the day before Thanksgiving and has always been on the tail end of the schedule for LSU, Arkansas is now going to be played in September. Yes. Pig Suey. And the Tigers are going to be duking out in the month of September. I can't remember the last time LSU and Arkansas faced off when it was not November. And September is pretty early. So that changes the whole dynamic of typically what you come to expect as a Tiger fan because you can always depend on, okay, Mississippi State's going to be really early. Auburn's going to be early in October, more than likely. And then we'll play Florida sometime during there. And Arkansas, Alabama, and AM are always going to be on the back end of the schedule. Well, that's not the only change. So playing Arkansas now on September 23rd next year, they'll follow that up 
at Ole Miss on September 30th, at Mizzou on October 7th. They'll still play Auburn. That'll be on October the 14th. They'll sneak in a non-conference game against Army on the 21st before their traditional open date, and then at Alabama. Actually, that's not a bad deal for the Tigers, right? You're more than likely going to be favored against Army. Maybe get that win, go into the open date with some confidence, be able to work on it, get prepared for the Alabama game. But then it's at Alabama on November the 4th, and then Florida on November 12th. They flip-flop Florida and Arkansas on the schedule, essentially is what they've done. So instead of having the Razorbacks a divisional game late in the year, you're going to have to make the trip to Gainesville. Now, that game's going to be in Baton Rouge next year. So they close out the season now, next season, at Alabama on November 4th, hosting Florida, hosting Georgia State out of the Sun Belt, and then hosting Texas A&M on November 25th. Now, A&M bumped Arkansas from the traditional Thanksgiving portion of the schedule, but you still had Arkansas late in the schedule. So, interesting schedule here. Non-conference for next year for LSU. Florida State in Orlando. Grambling at home. Army at home. Georgia State at home. But you're playing Arkansas in September Florida in November. It's interesting. It's interesting the changes that they did there to the schedule for the LSU football team. And this schedule, you look at it, you go, you know, Florida State, I don't like the the separate not playing it on campus. I don't I don't agree with that. You take away a look, they're fun to cover. Don't get me wrong. The neutral site games. But you take something away from the game. You take something away from what makes college football so special. Is being on campus. The energy of playing a game on campus is far better than than the energy of playing inside the Caesar Superdome for a college game. It just is. Look, I love the Sugar Bowl. My favorite bowl game of all time to cover or watch is the Sugar Bowl. I'm, I'm raised in the South. It's going to be the Sugar Bowl. But that's a special, like, after the season is in the books and you get two matchups from teams that rarely ever play each other, right? That's what makes that unique. But these neutral site games, and I've covered a few. I covered LSU, Miami, and Dallas. Okay, you get some marquee matchups, but how much better do you think LSU-Florida State would have been if it was in Death Valley this year or Tallahassee next year? You know, How much better do you think that Georgia-Oregon game that was part of the Chick-fil-A kickoff this year would have been on campus and doing back-to-back years? Like, you know, that's just me. I, I know I can be a, what we call a traditionalist, or as Hannah likes to call me, old fogey, get off my lawn guy. 
But I don't know. I like the traditional matchups. And I like the experience as the fan. Because first and foremost, I'm a college football fan. Having my team play another marquee team and we do like a one-and-one, man, that's exciting. Get to go experience their campus. Get to go experience that town. Never been there before. Get to check it off on the box. Hey, I've been to that stadium. It was a cool experience. You don't have that when you play on these neutral sites. But that's just my take. Let's head out to the hotline quickly. Welcome on Chad to the show. Chad, good morning to you, bud. How you doing? Doing very, very good, man. Doing very good. Man, what I like about this schedule, uh, your last six six games, uh, five of them are at home. Yeah. Uh, I, that, that's 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 a big advantage. And while I'm going to keep it short and quick, do you ever think they'll uh, LSU and UL uh, will ever play UL or Tulane again uh, here in the near future, man? I'll hang up and just listen to your comments about that. Thank you. Chad, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, he's exactly correct. You end the season – they end the season, actually, if you look at it, five, that's right, five of their last six games, like Chad said, are all at home. Well, that's a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage, especially when it will be year two under Brian Kelly. You expect the team to take a step up. Oh, it's going to be a lot easier to do that in front of the 100,000 folks that pack Death Valley. Huge advantage. Do I see them, man, you know, I think it would be good but I just don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. Look, it happens in baseball and softball every year. They get the job done. It should be happening in basketball. It happened in women's basketball last year, right? Heck, LSU even came to play. Kim Mulkey and company even came to play Gary Broadhead's team at the Cajun Dome. So they play him in the other sports. I'd like to see him play in men's basketball. There's no excuse why they shouldn't. Uh, especially the the donkeys that LSU plays on their schedule for men's basketball, there's no reason why you don't play a quality in-state opponent like the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Will Wade's no longer there. There's no more Will Wade, Bob Marlin beef. Boom. Move on. Put them in the PMAC. Get it, get it done with. It'd be great. It'd be great. And I'd love to see it. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Unfortunately, I just don't see it happening. Good phone call, though, by Chad. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll wrap up our number one here of RP3 and company. We'll update the poll question of the day. It's our foodie poll question of the week. It's all about tacos. wonder what kind of tacos Brian Kelly enjoys. Someone should ask him that in the next press conference. Coach, I'm not going to ask you about that your defense held the opponent to 120 yards rushing. Uh, how do you prefer your tacos? Let's start there. I'd give someone $10 to ask that question in a press conference. Let's ask Ron Higgins. He'll join us later on today if he'll ask that question. The Mad Dog would. He don't care. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets. That's right. You can lasso yourself a family four-pack of tickets to the Sunday, October 2nd show by simply texting the word RODEO to 337-283-8100. That's RODEO to 337-283-8100. That's a family four-pack of tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo. Courtesy of the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
Let's check in the poll question of the day. It's our foodie poll question of the week. We asked you, how do you like your tacos? Do you like them hard? Do you like them soft? Do you like them in a soup? Or do you like them as part of a salad? 54% of you say you prefer the soft taco. 41% say hard. 5% say salad. Ton on Twitter says, Choco Taco was discontinued, but Mexican pizza is back. Ironically, I'm in Zuali today, known for their tamales. Yes, they are, Ton. They're also known for having great high school basketball. Girls and boys, by the way. JPK, the OD, says, just make sure, bring your Crestor and Lipitor and pop them like you're eating Tic Tacs. My man shared a plate of what he enjoys. Look at all those delicious tacos. Look at all those delicious tacos. JPK, the OD, says, Berea tacos are the only answer. If you haven't had them, you're not living. JPK, the OD, lives his best life when it comes to food. Anytime we do a food poll question, my man is bringing something to the table. That's a man that invests money and time into his eating. I'm here for it. I respect it. Ralph says, taco, noun, a Mexican dish consisting of a fried tortilla, typically folded, filled with various mixtures such as seasoned meat, beans, lettuce, and tomatoes. Fried tortilla equals hard. Otherwise, you have taco meat and a soft tortilla, soup, or salad. My man, Ralph Bergeron. Steve says, grilled shrimp tacos, lettuce, tomato, Mexican three-cheese blend, and a romalade sauce. New Orleans-style tacos are the best. Hashtag Foodie Wednesday. Yes. Tad says, street of the corn of the soft. And he said, Brian Kelly's response would be, no habla inglés." <laughs> Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two coming up. You're listening to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Our number two has arrived here on RP3 and Company. Whew. Had an issue with the hair. Had to go take care of it. I'm not quite fully bald. If you've seen me in person or on social media, I'm balding, but I've just embraced the moniker of the big, bald, and beautiful one. But it's time for a haircut. Because, see, I like to have my hair real short. Short, short, short. But I need a cut because apparently, unbeknownst to me, the way I slept caused a bit of a fuzzy issue in the back of the head here. And uh, the producer extraordinaire pointed it out to me. So during the timeout, I uh, fixed myself up, if you will. Wet the head to get the hair down. So it's time for a haircut. That will be happening today. I'll go home and get my clippers and zoom. Yes, I cut my own hair. I don't understand 
And I believe this was a topic of discussion on the boys show yesterday about $50 haircuts. Is this what I'm understanding? Yeah, I'm assuming that Matt gets $50 haircuts. I mean, Kenneth's hair is cut for free by me, so we save money that way too. I cut my own hair, and then if I needed to be touched up, my wife, who went to beautician school, had her own salon years ago, she will finish finish off the hair. So we don't pay for haircuts. At least I don't. Women have to do so much more with their hair, whether you're getting highlights and a cut. and It's very complicated. It hurts my head to, when my wife explains it to me. So I just tell her when she, she wants to go get one of those, I'm saying, yeah, that's fine. So that's okay. But if you're a man and you consider yourself a man, why are you spending $50 on a haircut? Let's start know. there. for something that you can do yourself. Now, the boys from Crunch Time, Matthew Miguez and James Mesh, they're young, and they they pride themselves on having pretty hair. Yeah, they 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 pride themselves more than I do. Right, they like to look pretty. The morning crew, we're a little bit more salt of the earth, us and foot. We're not, you know. We're not being bougie. We're, we're not fancy. Okay? The boys are a little fancy. Let's just call it what it is. They're a little bougie. Okay? Mm-hmm. They like to be pretty. I'm going to have to find out. Because if one of them is paying $50 for a man's haircut. It's a problem. I may have to reconsider whether or not they work here. Because if you're making those terrible decisions, what type of decisions are you making on the air? (laughs) I'm only half kidding, by the way. $50? Who's spending $50 on a haircut? Come on now. If you're a man, if you're a dude, you're a bro, you're spending $50 on a haircut? Yeah, there should be no reason why they're spending the same amount that I spent on my own hair. And I just get mine cut. Yes, yes. I've never colored it, never highlighted nothing like that. If you are a dude and you're spending the same amount of money on your haircut as your fiancé, your girlfriend, your lady friend, your wife does, you got problems. Yeah. You got problems. I think Kenneth spent the most was like 22 because the lady did a really good job or whatever. So he's getting like an extra $2 on tips. I'm not counting tips. I'm not counting tips. From what I can gather, the haircut itself costs fifty dollars. We're gonna have sure. to do some investigating here. We will. Because I just was told about fifty dollar haircuts compared to twenty dollar haircuts. Mm-hmm. If you're a guy and you claim to be a man, there are free, there's certain things that, that have to be done. Yeah, they now, have they have YouTube tutorials. You want you want to fade on your hair? YouTube, perfect. Look, I know I'm old-fashioned. I understand that. I know I'm stuck in my ways. Okay? I'm a bit old-school on things. I understand this. You know, I'm old-school. I can't help it. There's things that I pride myself. 
a man should carry a pocket knife. That's what my dad taught me to do. That's what I do. A man should be able to change his own tire on his car or his truck. Be able to change the battery out. Be able to jump off your car. These are things that I was taught by my pops. You know? Basic things. Be able to change a tire. Be able to jump somebody off. Carry around a knife on you. Have a wallet. Not spend $50 on a haircut. Don't spend all your money drinking fancy beer. That's another thing that we haven't spoke about on this show. Okay. All the hipsters with your fancy beer, aged in certain barrels, giving it a fruity flavor and all this other. No, 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 no. You know what the go-to is for your boy? Budweiser. Miller High Life. Oh. It's a champagne of beers. Give me that. Old school Coors. I will accept a Coors Light or a Miller Light, but I don't need fancy fruit-flavored beer either. Okay? I don't need all that. Don't need it. Not at all. I don't drink beer at all. And I also don't spend $50 getting a haircut when I'm a man. $50 haircuts. Yeah, I have a pocket knife myself. It's pretty. It's $50 golden black. dollar haircuts. Are you kidding me? <sighs> Saw it. I, just, I, just, I see it. I go, oh, my God. What's the money? What's, what should the betting line be on whether or not James and Matt know how to change a tire on their car and know how to? What's the money that they both have jumper cables in their car? Let's start there. 50 bucks. 50 you, bucks they don't have them. Or one, only one has it. Not both. One or the other. Not both of them will. One of them will. I'm assuming it's going to be James because I feel like his dad is a lot for him. So his dad probably put it in there Former himself. Former producer extraordinaire, Louis Prejean, his father was a mechanic and he didn't have jumper cables in his car. <laughs> I, or, I, got, I have a set of jumper cables in my car and I have a set in my wife's car. Yeah, I have a set in my car. A little bit old. I probably need to update my jumper cables because I've had them since I got the car. So I need to like maybe get some new ones because they might have been sitting in that same spot. I don't really need jumper cables that often. But they're there. Yeah, I still have them. You still got to need them. Yep. Just saying. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome <laughs> on, Jamie, to the show. He's up first. Jamie, good morning. Mr. Green, how are you? Good morning, Mrs. Third. I'm doing pretty good, and uh, I have jumper cables in my car, and uh, I can do all those things. But you know what? I'm going to take the high road and say I'm willing to bet the other guys can, too. They just like to look pretty. (laughs) Look at you taking the high road. Look, I I am curious. I always always forget about these things. I always forget about these things. I'm just like, well, that's how I was raised, and that's how I was taught. And, And then I'm like, no. No, that's not. That's not how it's done. I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> but I what? do, I do carry a pocket knife. I, I'm an Eagle Scout, so I've carried a pocket knife on me since I was probably six. Uh, that was something my my grandfather and my father both instilled in me. Dad was a helicopter mechanic, and uh, so yeah, I, I do do all that stuff. But I will say this: is that uh, 
you know, I look twice as good as them and spend half as much money on my hair. I'm just saying. Um, and that's with a tip. That's with a tip, <laughs> he says. Nice, nice. But uh, I, I'm a little, I, I'm a little hungry now. But you're welcome uh, for tacos. Tacos. Look, you can't beat a good taco truck now. Ooh. And so for me, the the, the type of taco is going to depend on what you're using to fill it. Because if we're talking like a good fresh fish taco, it's got to be the soft taco, you know. But if we're talking like uh, maybe shredded chicken or uh, fajita steak or something, you know, that would be good for a taco salad or uh, even for a taco soup. And then, of course, if you're going with the the regular hamburger meat and everything, it's got to be the hard shell. So it, it, it's a little bit more advanced than just what type do you prefer. you got to figure out what you're having inside that taco to know exactly what it is you want. Fair point, Mr. Green. Thank you, sir. Hope you have an enjoyable <laughs> day, my friend. Y'all have a great day. Bye-bye. Let's head back out to the hotline. Welcome on, Reynold, who's been patiently waiting. Reynold, good morning to you, bud. What's on your mind, my friend? Morning, 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 morning. I tell you what, we brought, brought up that uh, haircut story. Now, I stopped going to uh, a barber probably about 20 years now, 25, when my hairline started uh, receding. I, yes. I figured I might as well beat um, Mother Nature to the punch, got some clippers out, never looked back. But my 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 future son-in-law, love him to death, good guy, they moved. They were in Lafayette area, then they moved to Baton Rouge, which I'm currently driving through right now. And he's got a full head of hair, very curly, thick hair. Well, he decided I need to go get a haircut. So mine, he just moved here within the past six months. So he went to the local barber or whatever and, and, and went to get him a haircut, sat down. They didn't even ask for a price because he figured it'd be, you know, about 20 some dollars. So they finished, and the guy said, I'll be $128, please. $128? Yeah. And I I said, did you tell him hell to the no? And and he's a very quiet, very uh, soft-spoken Nick Nick is. So he didn't press the issue. And he ended up paying that much money. He said, I'll never go back there. But he said, I said, did you ask him why it cost him much? He said, because I had so much hair. I'm like, dude, <laughs> $128. You know, you know what would have happened, Reynolds? A mile away. If, if I would have came home, even if I didn't live in my house, if I would have came home and told my parents that I had to spend $128 on a haircut, you, do you know what would have happened to me? <laughs> no, this, no, this was an adult. He's an adult. <laughs> I'm saying even if I was an adult, do you know what would happen? Yeah. And, and my, my daughter, who is pregnant, looked at him and, and said, are you out of your mind? But, I mean, yeah, they thought, oh, bud. I, I don't know what, what warranted $128. You could, I could change my oil in my truck four times for that money. <laughs> Riddle, appreciate the phone call, brother. Thank you for sharing your story, man. You yeah, have a great day, brother. Let's head back out to the hotline. Welcome on our guy. Hannah Five names his favorite caller from the town of Erath, our buddy Martin. Martin, good morning to you, bud. What's on your mind? Uh, let's not forget that Erath is the home of the greatest running back that ever graced God's green earth, and that's Eliza Mitchell. That's right. That's not we're proud supporters. 
of Elijah Mitchell. And too bad he's hurt right now. But anyway, let's get straight to the point here. Uh, did I hear you a banquet beer kind of man? Oh, I will. I will. Oh, buddy. If, if I have a preference, uh, look, it, it's, uh, let me be clear. I've had IPAs before, I'm, uh, okay, and I got buddies who are big guys, and they 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 all do that experiment and everything like that. I'm just look, I'm I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. I I, I like my beer. Uh, I'll, give me a high life. Give me a banquet beer. That's what I'll prefer. Give me some bourbon. If I, if that's what I'm drinking, I'm I'm pretty straightforward, man. I, I don't now, need anything fancy. Now I I will say this. I do drink the Coors Banquet beer, but it's got to be in the little stubby. Uh, oh yeah, the, uh, the little stubby bottle because there is a difference between bottle and can. I can absolutely, like absolutely. There's a big difference, and don't forget it's the official beer of Rip from Yellowstone. You know, I don't know if you're a Yellowstone. Oh, fan, I am a big Yellowstone fan. Yes, <laughs> that is the official beer of Rip from Yellowstone. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I was kind of chiming in early, and I heard a. Uh, you really you, you talked about LSU's twenty twenty three schedule and well I guess LSU fans got what they always wanted and that was a cupcake schedule you know they get get to take it kind of easy you know next season so uh, <laughs> since Alabama always has a cup, cupcake schedule you know uh, but I'm happy for them they get a little a little break uh, you know finally but uh, as far as the tacos go uh, did I hear that did I, did I hear that right. Uh, five names has never had a Choco Taco. Yes, you are right on that. I have not. Oh, I bet it's probably good. I've never had one because basically it's like a, a cone. Do, do you live under a rock? No. This deliciousness that's in this world that you have not even tasted yet. Choco Taco, man, you gotta get off. When you get off today, you gotta go straight to the store and get your Choco Taco. There it is, Martin. I'm up against a break, brother. I appreciate the phone call, though, bud. Enjoy your day, my friend. You too. Thank you for taking my call. Martin says you got to go. As soon as you get off work, you got to go. I got plans when I get off work? (laughs) Yes, you do have big plans. Big plans. Big plans. But, yes, I am a bit of an old-fashioned curmudgeon. I I see myself in the stores. I'm, I'm starting to mumble a little bit. When I go to the store and they have all these selections and it's all this, you know, beer that has fruit flavor in it and seltzers and all this other nonsense. I'm like, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You don't need any of that. I don't need my vodka to be tasting like fruit. I don't need any of my adult beverages to be tasting like fruit. It's not a margarita. What are we doing here? It's not a pina colada. But a, a Bartender. Good, a good caramel vodka, though, is good. I mean, you have to like cream soda because like it's an alcoholic butterbeer the only thing i want sweet to drink back in the day i was a big irish car bomb guy okay get my pint of guinness whiskey drop it in there with a little cream okay that's it now i will drink a white russian that's about as fancy as i get because the dude abides the dude does abide that's it don't get fancy don't be putting fruit in my beer. Had a buddy of mine bring beer to the house not that long ago. He brings strawberry beer. I'm like, what did you do? You know what I did to it? Poured it down the drain. It's like, don't bring this in my house. What's wrong with you? Don't bring this in my house. Mike. Strawberry flavored beer. Get out of here. No. 
hard limit. What hard limit? Get yes. out of town. Mike's and you're not a off. child. That's my thing. I don't like beer. <clears throat> it tastes like a bodily function that I don't need to discuss on the air. So nasty. To recap, boom. You know what my grandfather used to do? My grandfather used to sit there in his recliner. Man fought in World War II, survived the Depression. You know what he would do? He wouldn't even drink his beer cold. He wouldn't even drink his beer cold. He'd sit in his recliner, in his bedroom, watching his Braves. A case of old Milwaukee, right by the recliner. Warm. He'd just pop it up and... Warm. Didn't even need it refrigerated. (laughs) And now we got guys needing to drink refrigerated fruit beer. We wonder what's happened. <laughs> this is why they what? spend $50 on haircuts. Why people are spending $50 on haircuts. we got to take a time out. <laughs> we'll keep taking your phone calls, though. Hotline's open. 337-706-0111. You're listening to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age to play. Physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as a free bet. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in is required. Parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. We've had plenty to talk about on this edition of RP3 and Company. Houston Astros, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Take in the first two games from the Tampa Bay Rays. They'll look for the sweep this afternoon. You can listen to that game on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. 540 first pitch. But we've spent a good portion of this morning breaking down the LSU football schedule for 2023, which was unveiled last night. We'll have a story up on the website here shortly, breaking all that down for you. And we've also talked about our poll question of the day, which is our foodie poll question of the week. And that's all about tacos. Now, that led us down a road of talking about Choco Tacos. Now, our buddy Blaine Viator, friend of the station, Karen Crow High broadcaster, 
often guest host, shared a article with us that, yes, Choco Taco has been discontinued, but Klondike, who makes the Choco Taco, so right there, five names. You love a Klondike bar. They make the Choco Taco. So you're getting quality ice cream. Says, beloved ice cream may be coming back after an outpouring of support. So due to popular demand, the beloved Choco Taco ice cream may be coming back. Says, overwhelming support made it reconsider their long-term plans about the Choco Taco. So there's still hope for Hannah Five Names finally getting to try a Choco Taco. So there you go. We have that. That also has led us down a path of where our foodie poll question of the week, which, by the way, we're asking you, 54% of you say you like the tacos soft, 41% say hard, 5% say for salad, no votes yet for soup. What is going on there with that? Martin says, in my belly, either way works for me. I'm not picky. And five names, you never had a Choco Taco? Four mind-blown emojis. You're living life all wrong. LOL, just heard LSU schedule. And if that's a cupcake schedule, then I don't know what is. Marcus has also chimed in on the other topic of today, which is paying $50 for a haircut. Now, we're not really for sure who's paying $50 for a haircut or not, if whether or not that is James Mesh or Matt Miguez, but it was a, a, a topic of discussion, if you will, on Crunch Time yesterday. And that led us down a path. Now, Marcus has chimed in says, I pay $45 for a beautiful ball fade that creates the optical illusion of me having hair. Well worth it. <laughs> See, I just cut my own hair and not even pretend like I still have a big full head of hair. That's it. <laughs> That's how I roll. Not even going to worry about it. Just like, hey, I'm coming home. And the thing is, when I was younger, I had long hair. I've said I looked like fat Steven Seagal or just Steven Seagal. And that's what I looked like. I had a ponytail and everything. And then the hair just started to start to fall out. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm not going to be looking like that guy. So just go ahead and start cutting it short and just embrace the fact that you're going bald. Let's head out to the hotline quickly. Welcome on, Doug. Doug, I got about a minute, bud, but it's yours. What's on your mind, my friend? Ray, I, I don't know what this taco taco stuff is, but <laughs> I mean, I, I want my ice cream in like a glass with some root beer on it, or just by itself in a bowl. But on a with a taco shell? Oh no, uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> not me. My man says not me. He says I ain't doing that. I ain't messing with that. He says. Ain't messing oh, with it. Oh man, I can't believe that knucklehead over there in Erat is, is gonna. Disparage Hannah over uh, something like that. It, well, I tell you, they got some crazy people, yeah. <laughs> Doug, thank you for the phone call, brother. How do you, I, but real thank quick, you, real quick, how, how do you like your tacos? We lost Doug. Doug, 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 Doug just came in, did the mic drop, had to go. 
<laughs> Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Keep leaving your comments on Facebook and Twitter. We'll share them throughout today's show. But right now, we got to take a timeout. When we return, it'll be time for us to talk to the mad dog, Ron Higgins from Tiger Details. All things LSU, that's coming up next right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Half the week is in the books, which means it's time to talk Bayou Bengals with Tiger Details columnist, the mad dog himself, Ron Higgins. Here is Hold That Tiger on RP3 and Company. Mad dog, good morning, brother. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's good to know that the voice of Ed Orgeron lives on in, in my little introduction, even though he spends most of his weekends with his designated blonde of the weekend at some football game, in this case, of supporting his Miami Hurricanes against Max Johnson and those hated Texas Aggies. <laughs> I, I got a question for you. You ready? Sure. Now, yeah. you're typically the one that asks the questions, bud, so I'm asking you questions, okay? So I hope you're prepared. I'm just, I've been studying all night. <laughs> What's your preferred taco is it a hard taco a soft taco taco salad or taco soup hard taco oh old school classic right the way the mom would just have it man bake up the taco shells in the oven right that's what i that's what i do i mean uh, i like the crunch of it yeah i like that and also you know taco salad's good uh, uh the only time i would like like tortillas and i mean when, in, when i got in a restaurant and preferably they're they're made in the restaurant which some places do which is fantastic for fajitas, but otherwise, I don't want to. I don't want a soft taco, you know. You know, I just it's like it's about as enjoyable as watching a, a soft defensive coverage. Really is. <laughs> All right, I got another question for you. Okay. What type of taco do you think Brian Kelly prefers? Uh, probably something. Uh, considering the way his special teams list went went past week, something he prefers prefer, prefer, prefer something with a kick. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding, brother. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right, let's talk about last week's game because it's a good win for him. It's a good win for the program. Mississippi State's a quality opponent. I was really impressed with their defensive game plan because you could tell they broke down the tape and they figured out a way to slow down and frustrate that high-powered offense credit them for that because they had an excellent game plan and they actually executed it. Yeah. I mean, they, they understood that it's a timing offense. You disrupt their timing and throws them out of whack. And then, uh, you, you know, you, you put some pressure on him and he, and he gets skittish and, uh, he'll throw off his back foot and we'll throw accurate or throw a hurry up pass. And he did all of the above. Uh, it was a great defensive game plan. Uh, again, it, it was needed until, uh, LSU finally figured their offense out. I mean, I understand. I understand Brian Kelly's explanation is they can't go fast tempo all the time or, or quicker tempo, but they need to do more of it. And earlier would help. I understand last week why they didn't do it. Last week, going to that game, they were so, uh, I guess, cognizant of Texas A&M. I mean, not Texas A&M, but Mississippi State's. Uh, Time of possession. They, State was like second in the nation in time of possession going to that game last week, averaging 39 minutes a game. And I almost felt like LSU kind of 
played a, in basketball terms, played a four corners offense as far as tempo for most of the first half. Everything was kind of slow. Uh, you know, slow coming out, the slow getting the plays in. I just, I think they were so cognizant of tempo that they just kind of put themselves to sleep. Uh, and then when they got down, as much as they got down, they realized we got to start playing uh, and we need to quicken the tempo. And then the, the last drive of the first half really kind of showed them the game plan on how to play the second half. And, and, and by that time, it, it, it kind of, I think Kelly kind of understood we're playing really good defense. They are not going to score on us. We need to go quicken this tempo. And I think that's what happened. They went quick with the tempo. Do we expect them? Because here's the thing that stands out to me through three games now. When they go up tempo, that suits Jaden Daniels. That suits what he can do. He actually thrives better in an up-tempo offense. And he seems to find his wide receivers quicker. He seems to be able to make better passes. He can utilize his legs more efficiently. It doesn't put that much of a strain on the offensive line. Could we see up-tempo offense moving forward? Because it sure does seem to suit the guy that's under center. Yeah, I mean, they need to do surely do more of it. Uh, you know, last week when they went up-tempo, one of the other things they did was they they, they may have uh, kept in their tight end and running, but they, they kept in some people for extra blocking, uh, which kind of suited them. And he was still able to get the ball to receivers and, and still you know, get his get his yards on runs. I'd I like to see more up-tempo, yeah. I think this week is a week you could you could do that. Uh, they, and I know it, it's – LSU's receivers are still trying to get used to the fact that Jaden Daniels doesn't always see him. I mean, really, honestly, I think our, our, our season it takes him a while for him to see him or it takes him a while for him to get the ball to him if he gets the ball to him uh, or the, the fact that he might bail out a little bit earlier. You know, th this was all been discussed – by Brian Kelly on, in Monday's press conference. And you now he basically said it's something they're working on. They'd like to stay in the pocket more, but he also, he didn't want to get in, into Jane Daniels' head that you need to stay in the pocket and, 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 and then take away his breakaway ability to get out of the pocket and create and, and get yardage on runs and sometimes throw off runs. So it's a very fine line of, of you know, yeah, he needs to stay in the pocket more between, against, yeah, go ahead and take off. So, I think it's going to be this way all year. I mean, I mean, I just uh, as I wrote with this team, it's just you, you you never know what you're going to get from not just from game to game, but from half to half and quarter to quarter, and even play to play. Uh, and that's the way it is when you have a a bunch of new people still trying to learn each other every game. Uh, I mean, last week they added Emory Jones as, as an offensive tackle, they're starting two, they're starting uh, basically, uh, I mean, three freshmen on their offense uh, now and a true freshman. And I thought he played pretty well. Uh, so here's a team with uh, two freshman tackles, two freshman tackles on their offensive line, and a, and a freshman tied in. Uh, it kind of bodes well for the, the future of, of LSU. And also, I mean, honestly, I mean, I thought the once the offense got going, it, it was it was fine. It just it just a lot of times it doesn't it doesn't look smooth. But in the second half, uh, I thought they played really well. Once they got their running game going. Uh, you know, they got a good rotation. John Emery came in and contributed. Uh, Josh Williams had a great touchdown run. Uh, it was a good win. Uh, it was a good win against a, a, a solid team. Uh, and now you got New Mexico, the Lobos. Uh, I know LSU's never played them. Uh, but LSU, I mean, 
in next next couple of years, there's a lot of people else who hadn't played. They're playing for the first time. I mean, they're uh, you know they're playing Grambling next year for the first time. Uh, you know, they 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 playing uh, Army for the second time in history. So yeah, I mean, uh, I like the fact that LSU is playing some people they've never played before. And and and, and why not stick New Mexico on there? You know, they, they played New Mexico State before, so why not New Mexico? Let's talk a little bit about Daniels and the wide receivers because there's there's been a lot talked about by fans and some media folks about you know Keyshawn Butte not being featured enough Jack Besh not being featured enough and I don't think there's really anything to that I just think it's we, we've seen this before in recent years where a wide receiver will develop a rapport good chemistry with the quarterback we saw it with Keyshawn with Max Johnson Keyshawn wasn't featured all that much in the passing attack and then once Max Johnson took over Guess what? He had good chemistry with Kayshawn, and then it became Johnson to Butte over and over again. I just think that's what's happening here with Jaden Daniels, Ron, and I think he's developed good chemistry with Malik Neighbors, and that's why he's being featured as much. I understand the going through the reads, but I also think, I don't know, sometimes you just develop a bond, a chemistry with your wide receiver. Well, Malik, Malik Neighbors was there in the spring when Jaden Daniels was there in the spring. Correct. Kayshawn Butte wasn't there in the spring. I don't know if he had, where he was in the summer. I guess he, I guess he practiced some, um, practiced some, worked out some. Uh, it's those times where you get developed chemistry. And if Kayshawn Bowie expected to develop chemistry with, you know, Jaden Daniels in preseason practice right before the start of it, he's sadly mistaken. Uh, and yeah, you do go, you do go to guys you trust. Uh, and now the, the last drive, one of the last drives of the game of the night. I mean. I mean, it was every crucial throw was Daniels to neighbors. He trusted him. Uh, I'm really, I'm really tired of the narrative already that Kayshawn Butte is not getting the ball enough being misused or whatever. Uh, I, I'm, I'm tired of it. Just, you know, but it's part of football, you know. And if, and I don't know if Kayshawn is upset or not. I, I'm, I don't. He didn't call me after games to complain. Uh, uh, he's not. He's not. He's not hitting you up, is he? No. No, he's, he's counting his NIL money. Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, you just go out and play, and whatever happens, happens. If the ball's not coming your way, then be prepared for it to come your way. Like I said before, you know, he needs to call Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson about and ask him about 2019. Yeah, y'all caught a lot of balls, but they, they, how many balls, how many games were both of those guys catch a bunch of balls at the same time? It was almost like an alternated because somebody would be double covered most of the game and the ball would go elsewhere. And as a wide receiver, you just got to get used to that. You got, you got to keep running your routes and don't get frustrated if he doesn't see you. I mean, and look, this guy, yeah, you get frustrated because a lot of times he, he there's people open and he, he doesn't see them. I mean, the, uh, I think it was a drive last week on a fourth, else you got a field allowed ever where I think, uh, I think neighbors may have been wide open in the back of the end zone and didn't see him. Uh, you just got to keep playing. But I'm, I'm, you know, all I can say is, you know, Kayshawn Boot, you know, if, if, he, if he's upset, just keep playing. And, uh, you know, this, like I said, this is a work in progress. I mean, some of the stuff that LSU fans are writing on social media is astounding. I, I just don't like, look at Brian Kelly on the sideline. I mean, he's. I mean, he just he just stands there. He doesn't get angry enough. He don't blah 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 blah. Hey, shut up! <laughs> That's coaching, okay? This is the way he coaches. 
Everybody coaches different, you know. Les Miles ate grass and stared at the sky, okay. Ed Orgeron, you know, clapped like a seal, all right. You know, Nick Saban cussed everybody out. That was his style. <laughs> this guy's style, I've seen him get on people. I've mean, I get on referees. I've seen when he, a player comes off, I'll ask him what's going on, like the – uh, you know, diving on the punt, in the, I think, late in the, in the, in the second half. They, they punted LSU, and the LSU's returner. Well, it looked like it was a roll dead. He obviously do, who dove on it. Like, what the hell are you doing? Which is what Brian Kelly said to the kid when he came off. What are you doing? So, I mean, LSU fans dissect their head coach like he's some kind of frog in a biology uh, uh, class. My God. Let the guy coach. He's been here like three friggin' games. Just, just shut the hell up and let him coach. You know, judge him. You know, judging me on the year, every, every time he ain't decision makes, why is he doing that? Well, you know what? He's the head coach. He's been in practice. You know, this is this is the way this guy coaches. Let him coach. You want to judge him, judge at the end of two years, okay, or three. You know, don't fire him right now because you don't like the way he looks on the sideline. You know what, bud? I like how you look in the press box all the time. You're a pro's pro, bud. Well, you know, I, I try to keep, uh, you know, a stoic face, but it's because of all the really bad hot dogs they have in the press box. Makes my stomach hurt. So I look at me. I look naturally uncomfortable. <laughs> Buddy, I appreciate your time. Enjoy your week, my friend. <laughs> God, I love getting off on a rant on a, on a, a Wednesday morning. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, I'll talk to you later, brother. <laughs> love you. See ya. Oh, Mad Dog was fired up today. I wasn't prepared for that. My man got fired up. See, this is what happens. When you talk about tacos early in the morning, five names, you have to have some responsibility here. And people don't have access to said tacos. That makes them hangry. And then here we are with Angry Mad Dog. Angry Mad Dog. <laughs> we got to take a time out. We'll wrap up hour number two. Here on RV3 and Company, you're listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service. And to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, reminds you, call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Poll question of the day is our foodie poll question of the week. How do you like your tacos? Right now, 56% of you say soft, 39% say hard, 5% say salad. No votes yet for taco soup. Taco soup is delicious. Delicious. Keep those votes coming. On our foodie poll question of the week, leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. No need to get sideways. Darren has chimed in. He's letting me know that $40 for a haircut for me when I bring my little man, for both of us, it runs us $70. D, 
That's too much money. Too much money. $70 for two? Come on, man. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three, we'll kick it off with Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. He'll join us next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, it's been quite the show today, my friends, let me tell you. We've touched on a lot this morning. Houston Astros taking the second game of a three-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays. We talked about LSU's football schedule been released for next year. But we also talked about tacos. It's our foodie poll question of the week. How do you prefer your taco? Soft, hard, taco soup, or taco salad? Plenty of reaction. And now, and we'll share this on social media later, uh, there's tacos in my office courtesy of the intern Moses Campos and they are delightful we have the Austins on the air the co-host David Austin enjoying a taco as he should be this morning job well done job well done Steve Wiley's enjoying a taco Hannah the intern I already woofed mine down if Jay Walker was here in the studio you know what he'd be having a taco too but unfortunately we're just talking to Jay over the phone, so we're going to make the best most of it, and I hope he doesn't, you know, hate us because we don't have a taco for him. Jay, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm I'm wonderful, and it sounds like you have terrific company, and so I can't possibly hate any of you. Um, I would I would share a taco with uh, with Wiley and with uh, David Austin, but I'm just telling you, as far as David Austin is concerned. Uh-huh. I am Fonda Landa. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> Jay Walker says he's fond of David's wife, so shout out to the Austins. By the way, you can listen to them 6 to 8 on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. Austin's on the air. By the way, Jay, in case you were wondering. All right, bud. I, I do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about last week's game because you and I talked about it, and you kind of expressed, look, this, this is a – pretty good rice team based on what we've seen the line of scrimmage in particular and they used that to their advantage in that ball game what was the biggest takeaway for you being on the call there at rice for the game your big takeaway for the raging cajuns if you remember before the season started i said that i didn't think there was anyone on the schedule that the cajuns couldn't win a game against I also said I didn't think there was anyone on the schedule that couldn't beat the Cajuns if the Cajuns didn't go out and play well. Um, You know, my biggest takeaway is, you know, we have a tendency to do this all too often, maybe when it's undeserved, but I think in this case it is deserved. I think they got very poor quarterback play. And, um, you know, the Cajuns have 
struggle to run the football some as the as the offensive line to, continues to be a work in progress. And so you got to get good quarterback play. And the week before against Eastern Michigan, I thought both quarterbacks played really well. I didn't think either one of them played well in the game on Saturday. And because of that, the Cajuns couldn't move the football. Defense was on the uh, field way too long. And that allowed the Rice's offense to uh, get some things done that in a game, uh, if your time of possession is equal, uh, you know, the Rice probably didn't have that much success offensively. The quarterback play was poor. I agree with you. And we've seen in recent years the offensive line need time to develop. And uh, what was it, last year or two years ago where we're like, hey, the Cajuns are struggling to run the football. And then they figured it out because the offensive line gelled and then everything kind of came together, right? It all starts up front. If you If your offensive line does a good job, it gives more time for the quarterbacks and gives more time for the running backs to be able to hit the hole and so forth and so forth. But unlike in years past, they had a veteran quarterback to kind of help guide them while the offensive line was developing, while the rushing attack was developing. They don't have that right now. They have two new guys in there. So how key is it going to be, Jay, for them to get more consistent quarterback play from the first quarter all the way through the fourth as this offensive line and running game kind of comes together and gets their feet underneath them, so to speak? It's critical. Um it, it's the it's it's the biggest thing we have to talk about. Um, you know, I, I you know they got some guys to throw that they can throw to, um, but you know it's the offensive line's job to protect, and they've done a pretty good job of that so far. Um, and it's the uh, you know quarterback's job to get them the football. You know, until they get to the point where they can run it consistently. Um, and you know, I, I like I said, I'm going to give the offensive line a little credit because they they pass blocked well. Um, but you know, there's a lot of it that's on the guy who says hike, and, and those two guys have got to be better than they were last week. I agree. I know Coach Des wasn't happy. You could tell, and I, I talked to him yesterday, Jay, and he was not happy with his quarterbacks, and he wasn't. He was mad at himself because he feels like they need to do a better job of coaching and and developing them and getting them uh, a better game plan and having the team execute better. So I know it's going to be a a good week of practice, so to speak, this week. But what are some of the things, just little things, that those quarterbacks, whether it's Woolridge or Fields, can do better to run this offense? Just the little things. Uh, you know, I think um, I think vision a little bit. I think overall they do a pretty good job of going through pro- uh, progressions. Um, I think that um, at times – they need to go ahead and, and not worry about, am I going to turn the football over if I throw it? Because I think that there have been some times that, you know, if they throw a really good pass, they're going to thread the needle, but maybe they were a little hesitant. Um, you know, look, I never played quarterback, and, uh, and, and everybody on earth is grateful for that. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you, they, they've just got to be – consistent in the way they throw the football uh you know I, I don't know how else to say it you know it's one thing to have passes broken up it's another thing to have guys open and not hit them and um you know when guys are open you got to give them the football talking with jay walker longtime voice of the louisiana raging cajuns he joins us here on rp3 and company let's talk about that defense they gave up a lot of yards but they were on the field a long time and this happens 
where you're good. You eventually the defense wears down and they're going to give up yards. They're going to give up plays, but they did force turnovers <laughs> left and right. Uh, what's your big takeaway? What you've seen from the Cajuns' defense so far through the first three games? Um, I think overall the defense has played well. Uh, they they were just on the field too long uh, against Rice. You know they uh, you, you'd have to go back and and I'm I'm going to go ahead and at some point in time have the time to do it, but go back game after game after game and find out the Cajuns the last time the Cajuns lost when they forced multiple turnovers. And you're going to have to go back a ways for this. Um, usually if the Cajuns get two takeaways, they win the football game. Uh, they got three in the first half. Uh, Rice did a better job in the second half of um, valuing possession of the football. But, you know, defensively they were fine until late in the third quarter through the fourth quarter when they were on the field so much that they just – they just wore down. Uh, you know, I, I like the Cajun defense. I think overall the Cajun defense has done a good job. I think they've got some pretty decent depth there. Um, and while waiting, you know, for the offense to be what you want it to be, defense and special teams has to carry you. And um, I didn't think the Cajuns were very good on, on special teams either the other day. I didn't, you know, I thought Reese Burns had a tough game. You know, the Cajuns missed a, a field goal attempt, and they allowed a couple of pretty decent returns. So uh, plenty of room uh, to improve throughout that roster from last week to this week. The great thing about it is you get to put a bad game behind you because you got another opponent right in front of you, and that opponent is going to be ULM. It's the opening of conference play. It's going to be on the road. And even though the Warhawks – have struggled mightily and have been one of the you know worst programs in FBS football for what what ten years. They always give the Cajuns problems. It's always a weird game. It's always a tough game. They always rise up against it. ULM's one and two on the season. Their one win was against Nichols, and the two losses were against Texas and Alabama. What do you expect to see Saturday evening up in Funroe, Jay? I I expect to see. A very hotly contested football game. You know the Cajuns hung seventy on them uh, a couple of years ago. But as you said, you know for the most part, if you look at the last ten meetings between the two teams, they've all been very, very close, with exception of the um, of the game that was seventy to twenty, and also the game that they played in a monsoon up in Monroe a few years ago. Other than that, you know these games are always close. Um, Cajuns have won. Eight out of ten. The two losses, ironically, came at Cajun Field. Cajuns haven't lost in Monroe since 2004. Wow, but, um, it's been that long. But they're, but look, I mean, ULM is not a great football team, but they're better than they were a year ago. And the Cajuns uh, waltzed out of Cajun Field with an eight-point win last year. So Cajuns are going to have to play well. You know, they proved last week that you can't play poorly and beat people. So the Cajuns are going to have to go out and play well. Now, traditionally, they've played well up in Monroe. But I expect this to be a tight game. Um, you know what scares me? Let me tell you what scares me about this. I read this week that Colton Browning is going to be one of the honorary captains as they celebrate the 10th anniversary of their only bowl game. Um, every time Colton Browning 
has been around the Cajuns, I've gotten nervous because I got mad respect for that kid. He was a really good quarterback. I don't like the fact that he's even going to be in the stadium. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you. One more before we let you go. Um, coming off loss, you know, I asked coach this, and he he agreed. You learn more about your team. You learn more about yourself as a coach and as a man following a defeat than you do a victory, and it kind of gives you the opportunity to reset and get guys even extra motivated because of a humbling defeat. I expect a great effort from the Cajuns. Do you expect them to be able to come out and get a hard-fought victory on Saturday, Jay? You know, they were crushed after the after the loss on Saturday. I mean, they were, they were just crushed. You know, you had a couple of players that, you know, the, the, the media had kind of suggested they wanted to talk to, and, and, and one of them just said, I can't. I mean, they, they were they were incredibly distraught. How much success they have is going to depend on when distraught became PO'd, and um, because there's there's an evolution there. Okay, you're you're crushed, you're disappointed, and then sooner or later you got to get mad. Well, I don't know when that happened. I'm sure it has happened. But the sooner they were able to turn the page after that loss, I think the better they're going to play on Saturday. I agree with you, brother. And I also feel like now not having to deal with the streak and everything that comes with that, yep. that's not going to be a distraction anymore as well. And they can just focus on the task at hand. And that's you know winning the Sunbelt West Division title. And that begins Saturday against their first Western Division opponent. Jay? Appreciate your time as always, brother. Thank you for it. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. And uh, got to ask you, what, what's your go-to taco again? Uh, I like crispy tacos, no lettuce. Crispy tacos, no lettuce. I like it. I like it. Jay, appreciate your time, brother. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your trip to Funro. Thanks. Talk to you next week, occasions. Hey, just a reminder that time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Go register in the Game Rewards Club today to score yourself four tickets to see Houston take on Tampa Bay Saturday, October 1st. We're even throwing a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is the last Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season. Astro weekend giveaways are powered by Butcher AC, Love Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I do believe you can get yourself a good concession stand taco at Minute Maid Ballpark. I do believe, if I remember correctly. When we come back, foodie poll question of the week discussion. Producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names. Intern extraordinaire Moses Campos. And the legend Steve Wiley will join us. Going to chop it up. Talking all things tacos. That's next here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And you're home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Uh, the NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. 
We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? Simply download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code 1037GAME. To get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code 1037GAME, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bet. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in is required. Parlay and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility in terms of DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 877 770 stop our foodie poll question of the week is on every single wednesday and today it's about tacos how do you like your tacos do you like a hard taco a soft taco do you like taco soup or do you like taco salad it's time to bring in the crew producer extraordinaire hannah five names intern extraordinaire moses campos who went and made a run to get us tacos this morning it is now scorched earth in my office it still smells delightful but there's no tacos really left and of course the legend mr steve wiley we're gonna start off with you steve you uh sampled the goods you had yourself they were spectacular (laughs) yeah so much so steve enjoyed our our morning tacos so much that before Hannah could even go take a photo of him enjoying him, he'd already knocked out to Oh, me. yeah, done with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> already done. Already done. Taken care of. All right, you bud. can tell I'm a long-time radio guy. When there's food around, we don't waste time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's your go-to? You can, you can have a hard taco. You know, I, I told it earlier. You know, as a kid, Mom would always bake the shells in the oven, and we'd have tacos at the house. When I got older, I, you know, then soft tacos really became a thing. Yeah. When, when I got a little bit older, uh, my wife makes a mean taco soup. We had it last night. And uh, look, I, I don't mind a taco salad myself, but what's your go-to? If you had a preference, you only could pick one style of taco to have, what would it be? A soft taco. Why soft taco? Because, um, you know, I, I didn't become a fan of tacos till the soft tacos became a thing. When I was a kid, it frustrated the hell out of me to bite into a taco the shell just breaks into a million pieces and falls all over the place. I hate that. I mean, here you are. You got all this great taste and stuff inside. You chomp on it. The thing falls apart, and boom, your good stuff's all over the floor. Time out. Time out. Or your lap or wherever. For, for, well, I, I, I'm a little concerned that your your childhood was, uh, was consisting of you having to stand up to eat. And there was no table because it would fall down on the floor. But we don't have time to dive into the, the traumas of Steve Wiley's childhood. No, we there. had a nice house and there was a table in it. <laughs> just check it. Just check it. But I, I get that. But for me, it was always like, okay, yeah, you have all the remnants of your lettuce and your tomato and your cheese and your salsa and the meat and the, and the hard taco shell. But then it's like a taco salad. So you get a hard taco and then... Whatever's left over that's fallen on your plate, you get a taco salad, so you get like two for one. And I would always just eat it. it well, would never I'm not get averse to a taco salad by any means. But you prefer the soft taco. Yes, absolutely. That's your go-to. All right, let's go to the man who went and made the taco run this morning, our intern extraordinaire from LSU Alexandria, Moses Campos. All right, Moses, 
So what's your go-to? You're from Texas. Big taco place there. Love the tacos in, in the Tejas. What's your go-to? What what do you prefer? Is it hard? Is it soft? Is it taco soup? Is it a taco salad? Try to be a little bit healthier. What do you like, bud? Soft tacos. Soft tacos. That's it. That's it. There's no other tacos. No. Moses Moses says there's no other tacos for Moses. The man knows what he likes. Only the soft taco for Moses. That's all he likes. He says, he says, no, no, not so much. Not so much. He says, I just like the soft. And I think it's what Steve said. I don't want everything falling out of the shell. It just demoralizes me whenever it all falls out. And I'm like, <laughs> Amen to that, bro. It demoralizes him. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. It, Moses' day is crushed. <laughs> I can identify with that. Because, like, what if it doesn't land on your plate? Yeah. What if it gets all over your shirt and then it gets on the floor? Well, then there goes half your taco. Once again, once again. I'm not going to eat stuff off the floor. You're a large fella. So is Steve and so is I. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a scenario where you guys are having food fall off of you onto the floor. It might bounce. <laughs> exactly. What, what can I say? It bounce? Yeah. It bounces? Or roll. You know, it might roll on when down, hit you in the chest, like and roll this. on down on you, into your lap or on the floor. What? At, at anyway, it makes one heck of a mess. <laughs> I love, I love, I love Moses is very passionate about it. He's like, it, it just demoralizes me. <laughs> it, it, when, the, when the taco shell breaks and it just falls, it crumbles. It, it's, it's, it's a sad day. It's a sad day. All right. In, all right. We got intern extraordinaire, Moses. He says soft. Steve Wiley, the legend. He says soft. I actually voted hard taco because that's what I prefer, but it, it's soft tacos is a close second. All right. Former intern extraordinaire turned producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. What's your go-to? So, <clears throat> wow. Go-to. Great start, right? All of a sudden, we had a, a, a dock worker from a 1930s gangster movie open up the microphone and join us. Man. Uh, the go-to would have to be taco soup. Like, I make a mean taco soup, and it will last me for, like, at least a week, maybe two. But... Soft tacos will come as a close second for myself, and mainly not beef, always shredded chicken. That's my go-to at any Tex-Mex restaurant is always a soft chicken shredded taco. Why chicken and not the not the beef? I was not a big fan of beef because most times when they make a beef taco at those restaurants, it's always a lot of beef, and there's, like, nothing else with the toppings. It's not an equal proportion, but the shredded chicken, there's just all the juice and the marination of the chicken, so you, it tastes better when it's just more chicken than there is toppings on that. But white cheese, or my team's thinking it's mozzarella cheese they put on top. But that with that is chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. So she goes, taco soup, which she'll make, but soft taco, she prefers chicken. Let's talk about that for a second, fellas. Because my life changed about a year ago, year and a half ago, rather, where I sampled my first ever barbecue brisket taco. Ooh. That's and I was good. like, I was like, whoa! I was like, how good is this? That changes the game, right? It's just woo. Like, look, I love chicken. I love beef. Uh, you know, pork. I, I, I'll do it all. I love any type of meat that is going to be for the taco. But that barbecue beef brisket taco that I had, we won't, we won't name the place, okay? Because you know, hashtag no free ads. But, <laughs> but it was a game changer. Wow. That's all I can say. Just wow. You haven't had the brisket taco no. yet? No. Moses, you have. Oh, I have. <laughs> My man's like, I'm from Texas. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I've and I'll had bet he brisket. knows where to find them locally, too. I'll figure it out. 
<laughs> I'll figure it out and tell us. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I will tell you all when we get done with this segment. <laughs> because there, there's one place in particular that I go. All right, so, but we all can admit and agree on this. We all love tacos. Yeah, yes. oh, yeah. sure. Most definitely. There we go. There this is go. the first time you've all agreed <laughs> on a foodie poll question of the same thing. We all love tacos. We all love tacos. For the legend, Steve Wiley. For the intern extraordinaire, Moses Campos, the man who went and made the taco run. Shout out to him. Of course, the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. That'll do it for our foodie poll question of the week roundtable discussion. we got to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to talk New Orleans Saints football. Yeah, I know. You're still upset about what happened on Sunday. We'll try to make you feel better about it when Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast joins us next here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Houdan is ready for Saints talk. They give to Camara, breaks through, spins at the two, into the end zone, touchdown! Time to talk Saints with the Big Easy Blitz here on RP3 and Company. Andrew Juge from the Saints Half Hour Podcast now joins us here in RP3 and Company. Just to let you know, Andrew, I prepared for this interview during the commercial break by wolfing down another taco because we're talking tacos for our foodie poll question of the week. So I just want to let you know how much I respect you and how much I prepared for this interview by eating uh, another taco. Well, I hope it was a breakfast taco. That's a little early. Be, uh, <laughs> getting after it. Hopefully it was some egg in there. It was bacon and cheese. It, okay. it was it was a breakfast taco, actually. Thank okay, you, good. thank you, bud. Thank you, thank you for being concerned about my well-being. All right, so let, let's get right to it because here's my question. I'm all about guys playing through pain, right? I, I get it, and I like the toughness and I like the desire of wanting to be out there. And so I'm not going to fault Jameis Winston for that because he's a competitor. And I want my guys to be competitive. But if he's dealing with stress fractures, which heal on their own, I understand he doesn't need surgery. But the part of it is he's been in immense pain all week. I don't care how tough you are. If you're in pain, it's going to affect your performance, whether you're on the football field or in the office. doesn't matter. He obviously wasn't right all game long, Andrew. So my question to you is, should he have been out there and should he be out there moving forward if he's still dealing with immense amount of pain? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, first of all, I would say there's history in the NFL of guys playing with this injury. Um, Tony Romo did it quite effectively, actually. Now, he had a good offensive line and he was supported by a strong running game. Uh, but uh, Tony Romo had some success with a similar injury. Matt Stafford played with the Lions. He didn't miss any games with a similar injury. And uh, Cam Newton, I don't know if you remember the car accident that he was in, but I think he missed one week and then he was back and uh, he had cracked vertebrae in his spine as well. So there, there is, and, and he didn't play that well, by the way, with that injury. So Right, and, you know, and, there, and, and everyone's pain threshold's different. And pain yeah, affects absolutely. every person differently. That's the other part of that. Yeah. And to your point, I don't really blame Jameis for not playing or or, sorry. I don't blame him for playing because not only is it like a leadership thing where 
look, if he, if he can go at all, he's going to go and he's a warrior and, and uh, you know, he's tough like that. Very tough player. But I think starting quarterbacks in the NFL, especially guys like Jameis that have non-committal contracts, they know that the minute they get off that field, they might be giving up their job forever. And Jameis Winston remembers in Tampa uh, getting suspended. Ryan Fitzpatrick takes over. He loses his job to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So uh, I, I know that's fresh in his memory. Uh, he's worked so hard to get to a point. Look, he wasn't given the job last year. He had to battle Taysom Hill in training camp just to get it. Uh, and then he was injured all of last year. And Saints were dancing, make, doing that dance with other quarterbacks in the offseason. Uh, there was talks they were maybe interested in Russell Wilson. We know they were interested in Deshaun Watson and made big trade offers for him. So, you know, Jameis is kind of an afterthought, and he's worked so hard to get that spot and come back from his ACL injury. I just know that mentally he's not at a place where he's going to give that job up if, if, if there's any chance of him going. So, but you really could tell in the game, staff and the coach. But you could tell in yeah. the game, like there's times where he had open space in front of him to run. And I went back and looked at the game, and you could tell there was some hesitation there. Like, no and, doubt about and, it. Yeah. And you could Dang tell. So, Dennis Allen has to step in. My next question to you is this. I heard DA speak to the media earlier this week, and I was uh, uh, taken back by what he had to say. He not only said he didn't think that the injury and him being in pain affected Jameis's performance, he also went on to say that he thought that the pass protection was actually pretty good for the game even though Jameis was sacked six times, and Pondwater and Cesar Ruiz look lost still. He also said he wasn't concerned that his team's not getting a pass rush because they didn't get one early last year, when in fact they had six sacks through the first two games. This year they have none. What do you make of what you're hearing from the head coach? You know, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with him, actually, on this one. Um, I do think most of the sacks that you talked about, I, I did think they, the protection was actually pretty good up front in this game, despite the fact that they gave up six sacks. And, and the reason I say that is uh, most of the sacks that they gave up were Jameis Winston. Uh, his drops were too deep. He wasn't climbing the pocket that well. Uh, part of that was mobility related and, and due to the injury, but most of it was pre-snap ID stuff. And so, you know, that's not guys necessarily getting beat. You know, most of most of the sacks came from linebacker delay blitzes where if the ball gets out a little bit quicker or the quarterback checks down, those sacks don't happen. And, uh, you know, if, if pre-snap those guys are identified, then there's a communication plan where guys know to rotate over. And so that wasn't happening. And so I don't know who's to blame for that. And certainly they need to figure that out communication-wise and they need to come up with a plan. Uh, but... To me, that's a lot less scary than a guy is just one-on-one -on -one with a defensive end or a defensive tackle. Like, I mean, if you go back and look at who was getting the sacks in, those, in that game, it was, uh, it was White, it was Levante David, it was Shaquille Barrett, I mean, all linebacker blitz. So the Saints definitely have to clean that up, but I actually agree with him that the protection was okay. On the other side of the ball, I, I am concerned about the pass rush, but, uh, man, anytime it was third and eight, third and 13, uh, Tom, Tom Brady was checking it down. He was happy to have a three or four yard pass and punt. Uh, and I think that was due to the injuries on the offensive line and the lack of receivers that he had in this game. But, uh, you know, he's a hard guy to sack. And, and I think part of it was just Tom Brady refusing to be sacked. And so the ball was going to be out. And so that, that was kind of his approach in that game specifically. Uh, hopefully that 
changes in this game against Carolina. I, I would say I'm not panicking yet with the pass rush, but if they fail to get sacks again this week, uh, then three games is a trend for me. So um, I'll, I'll hold off. Look, I'm not too hot and bothered about the lack of sacks when you're holding Tom Brady and Tampa's offense to 13 points. Uh, because at the end of the day, the defense played a really good game. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And so uh, it's not like Tampa was crushing them with big plays down the field. So uh, I- I'm willing to give the defensive line a pass in terms of the pass rush, but it needs to get going for sure. Uh, but yeah, look, I think whether if he if, if the Saints don't think that pain is an issue and they don't think that the back issue affected Jameis Winston's performance significantly, then to me, that's even more concerning. Uh, because his level of play was frankly unacceptable. He's played bad for seven of the eight quarters this season. Seven of the eight, he's played bad. So whether it's the injury or not, how much longer can the Saints afford to have a guy who I believed in and I thought, look, I didn't think he was going to be great, but I thought he'd be a serviceable guy. He could put up some good numbers with Pete Carmichael calling plays and they'd be able to kind of get the job done. And I know it's early. I don't want to panic either. But in two games, he's looked bad for seven of the eight quarters, Andrew. Well, how much longer can he play this way before they need to make a change? Not long. Not long at all, Raymond. And, and look, there's no excuses this year. He's not throwing to Kevin White. He's not throwing to Kenny Stills. Oh, Kevin uh, White. He's th- he, there it is. Yeah. He, he's throwing to Michael Thomas' back. And he, by the way, he looks pretty good. He and, does. And, uh, Olave was wide open on a number of those deep balls that he missed. And Olave was very close to putting up a stat line. I thought in that game, it could have been nine catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. If if the balls are located a little bit better, Jarvis Landry obviously had a great game last week and he's a seasoned veteran that knows how to get open and catch passes. So uh, this offense is very different. There's no excuses. And it seems like Jameis is going backwards in terms of performance. Uh, so that's very concerning. And by the way, he was supported by a terrific run game. Uh, that is one of the toughest fronts to run on in the league uh, historically over the last couple of years. And I thought the Saints were very effective running the football. Uh, so, But did they James go away play- from it, though? Didn't you feel like they, they went Absolutely. away from it? Well, you know, on some level, I, I can't really blame them because they, they, were, go- they were calling these shot plays, and they were there. The, those plays were there to be had. If the ball is delivered accurately, I actually think – they set up they, they ran the ball effectively they set up those deep shots and intermediate throws and if the ball is just delivered accurately I, I think they could have had a field day against Tampa in that but game. And, but and I agree with you James couldn't do it hey, Andrew I agree with you but if your guy under center is not making those throws why are you keep having him try to make the throws when you know you can run the football that that that'd be my only rebuttal yep. there because yeah they were open but he wasn't making the throws right and further further to your point, uh, they were taking a lot of sacks on delay blitzes, which Correct. means, hey, let's let's maybe run shorter routes, let's let's dump balls off, let's check down if we need to, so or or run the ball. Uh, so I'm with you, and and you know, look, Mark Ingram, there was the fumble, oh, that, was that was a turning point was in brutal. the game, it was brutal. but but he only had ten carries for sixty yards, six yards of carry, and, and ten carries to me is not enough, and I know he was dealing with some things too, but Tony Jones Jr., Dwayne Washington, they were all running the ball effectively, so. Uh, this is a game play calling wise where I would have liked to have seen them double down a little bit more running the ball. We're talking with Andrew Juge. He's the co-host of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. He also contributes a column to 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, brother. 
we got to talk about the officiating because it was absolutely atrocious. I'm not surprised that they ejected Lattimore. They shouldn't have done it. Okay, Leonard Fournette should have gotten <laughs> some some run here. And the fact that the NFL only suspended Mike Evans for being a repeat offender only one game does not surprise me one bit. I'm not surprised by any of that. I don't want to dwell on that. What I thought was even more critical was the flag on Roby that should not have been called. That was an atrocious flag. He's not even anywhere near that being a 15-yard penalty. If they don't throw that flag, they probably have a great chance to win that game. And that set up the touchdown. And I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, right? I'm not. I don't believe that the officials get together and they're against the Saints. What I believe is happening over and over again is that the NFL has a competency issue with its officiating. You don't have full-time officials. They're not paid. They're not trained like they should be. They're not held accountable. And this is what happens where you get a lack of consistency and you get a call played, you get a flag thrown in a game that changed the outcome of the game. That flag on Roby changed the entire outcome of the game and the wheels came off after that. Something's got to change here. This is just not a Saints problem. We see this every single weekend in the NFL. You know, that was so beautifully and eloquently articulated. I, I'm, ner- I'm nervous to elaborate, Raymond. That, I, I almost want to let that stand on its own. I, you, you hit the nail on the head here. I love that. Um, but, uh, look, I, I think the Roby play in particular was, was, like you said, it was a huge call. That was a third down play uh, that would have forced a fourth down play. Now, I don't know if the Bucks go for it there, if they punt or whatever, uh, but the Saints are likely off the field getting the ball back in a 3-3 game. And, you know, he, he, what, it, it's the age old, what is a defender supposed to do there? Now, Roby's going in for the tackle. He's aiming for the chest. As he starts to launch, the offensive player lowers his helmet. Uh, now, he does graze the face mask with his shoulder pad, just barely, but he misses the tackle. And then another player comes in and makes the tackle. So, you know, to me, I'm watching that in real time, and I'm saying he just basically got flagged for missing a tackle. And, yeah. you know, by, by the letter of the, the rule, is that technically a forcible blow to, to the head or neck area? I, I think you could make the argument that it qualifies as such. But, Raymond, I, I would say that on, on four out of the five tackles that I see on every play, there's a more egregious version of that that yes. happens. And it doesn't get flagged. So the timing of that call as you said, it was egregious. Uh, it had a massive impact on the game. Throwing Lattimore out was a massive impact on the game. And I, I, I will say this quickly about that, Raymond. I feel like the NFL contradicted themselves. Because what I was told was that th- that play w- went for review up to New York. So the it wasn't the officials on the field that made the decision to throw out Lattimore. You know, I think sometimes, we, we talk about this all the time, there's a hit, there's a retaliation and it's never the guy that does it first that gets in trouble. It's the guy that retaliates. And so Lattimore gets it first. He retaliates. It makes sense that he would be the one getting in trouble. And then you have an egregious blindside block. And in real time, you're watching that and you're like, okay, offsetting penalties. These two guys are ejected that I could understand, but that went up to New York and they had the luxury of being able to watch that all in real time. And so for them to say that what Leonard Fournette did based on review 
was not at the level of what Lattimore did, because to me, the, those even out, those cancel out, they were the same thing. They each pushed each other. And then the blindside hit by Evans was at the level of Lattimore, but Fournette was, you know, he, he, he was not on that same level. And then they eject those two players. To me, that's criminal. And, and, and when you look at what happens on the other side of it, which is the NFL then decides to suspend Mike Evans, but not Lattimore, to me, completely contradicts the decision that they made on the field. Correct. So I, I don't think it's just the officials now. I think there's inconsistencies with how the league treats players. And we've talked about this forever with, uh, you know, gun violence and, and domestic abuse. And just the league wants to pretend that they're all about safety, but uh, their ruling is all over the place with this kind of thing. And I think it water, it diminishes the quality of the product. And uh, I think fans ha- have a right to be, frustrated and disappointed because uh, I, I think it's unfair. Yeah, and yet players swinging punches in the end zone that don't get called for flags either, but I digress. Yeah, where was New York on that one? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. All right, but only got like uh, 35 seconds. Do you expect the Saints to bounce back and get a dub in Charlotte this Sunday? Yeah, I certainly hope so. Look, it's, it's funny. It, you, you don't want to call it week three a must win, but uh, this is now three division opponents in a row. And uh, so these games, we know they kind of count double. And if you win this and, and you get two NFC South wins, you're two and one. I feel like the Saints are right back on schedule and they're good. But they dropped the one and two with two NFC South losses. That's pretty expensive. So uh, I, I do think they're going to take this game seriously. I expect Jameis Winston to play better. I mean, honestly, he can't play much worse, but we'll have to keep an eye on his health uh, throughout the week. Does he practice and, and you know, is he good to go? Or could it be Andy Dalton time? So, you know, that that's a storyline that we're going to be looking at this week. But uh, I do think the Saints bounce back and win this game. I think Carolina, I think Matt Rule, uh, his season is getting a little bit hotter and he might be on the chopping block after this one. Andrew, appreciate your time. You guys keep killing it with the Saints Half Hour Podcast, my friend. We'll talk to you next Wednesday, bud. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's time to face your worst nightmares with the game's 13th gate giveaway. We have your VIP tickets for the legendary Haunted House attraction. That way you can scream over and over again while others have to wait in line. Simply register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today to win a pair of VIP tickets to the 13th gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll finalize the poll question of the day and get you set up for Kevin Foote and footnotes. That's all next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Make sure to tune in tonight for the Meanies Coaches Show presented by Maplewood Burgers. Line a bed out of Westlake in the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Hosted by our good friend, the great one, Jim Gazzolo. The Meanies Coaches Show is going to be broadcasted from Maplewood Burgers location at 4453 Nelson Road from 6 to 7 tonight. And you can hear it right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I want to take a moment to thank our guest, Ron Higgins from Tiger Details, Jay Walker, the voice of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and Andrew Juge from the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Final results of the foodie poll question of the week, which is our poll question of the day on Wednesdays. How do you like your tacos? 
55% of you say soft tacos is your go-to. 40% say hard tacos. 5% say taco salad and no votes for taco soup despite the pleas of one Miss Hannah Five Names. Robert Duplachan chimes in. Hard shell tacos for me, but pretty much any kind of taco is great. I agree with that. He said the wife is all about taco soup, not my cup of tea. Thank you for all who voted on the poll question of the day. Left your comments on Facebook and Twitter. We appreciate you. We also appreciate all the phone calls. For the intern extraordinaire, Moses Campos, the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parch III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.